the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, then we're going to move to uh, Philippians 4 and verse 1. But before we do that, I want to pray for each of you. Father, I thank you for each person who... uh, had the fire to come out here today, Father. They wanted to be in the presence of your people. There are folks that are live streaming that uh, turned off the television, Father, to, to be in your presence, to, to hear your word. Father, I ask that you meet us here in this moment. Again, quicken your word. Make it come alive in our hearts. May it be more than a preacher talking. May it be an experience with your word and you bringing life uh, to that word in each of our hearts. And I I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And the church says, amen Amen and amen. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Paul has already completed two full chapters And he says, finally, because he's moving to a new section of this letter. And right after he says the word finally, he calls all of the Philippian uh, uh, believers, my brethren. Now here we have the great apostle, um, tremendous amount of experience. The Bible says at one point he was caught up to the third heaven. He had seen visions of Jesus. Angels had appeared to him. He had laid hands on the sick and they got healed. Uh, He was stoned to death and he was raised from the dead. Uh, But still he calls uh, the folks in this church, my brethren. Some of these folks might have just entered the, the kingdom the day before, but he still considered them family. Brothers and sisters facing the same struggles. So whether you're the apostle, whether you're the president of the United States, maybe you're a hog hog farmer out there in Georgia somewhere, all of us put our pants on one leg at a time. And like branches on a tree, we may grow in different directions, but we all share the same roots and we're in this thing together. So it says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. What's ironic here is that God would use a man in prison to tell free people to rejoice. But in fact, this is the very point. Our inner attitudes are more important than our outward circumstances. 
And this man is really in the worst of conditions. Um, at that time in history, when you went to jail, you typically did not come out. It was a death sentence. There was no running water. There, was no, there were no toilets. Uh, uh, there were rats and rodents. You were in there with the worst sort of people. Uh, actually, in jail at that time, uh, they didn't serve you food. If people didn't bring you food, you didn't eat. And uh, the smell of the place... Uh, there are no windows. Uh, you didn't get time out in the yard for recreation. None of that was going on. Um, and if you got food, uh, you had to fight the, the mice to keep the food. And if you weren't fighting the mice, you were fighting the other inmates who didn't have anyone to bring them food. So Paul is here in the worst of situations, but he says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, a lot of us, you know, like on Sundays, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting your best face on. When you go to work, you got to be professional. And uh, you don't always want to wear your heart on your sleeve. And, and we should present ourselves in a certain way. But a lot of times, because of the way we present ourselves, uh, folks can think we never experience any problems. You know, our 16th president, uh, Abraham Lincoln, he struggled with such suicidal thoughts when he was in his 30s that friends and neighbors got together and decided to remove all sharp objects from his room. So they got rid of the scissors, the knives, etc. And, and they rotated as they put Abraham Lincoln on watch. Much of his life, great Abe had, 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 fight, had fought with uh, depression. His mother died at a young age. His, his dad was the kind of tough man uh, to live with. And uh, he was bigger than, than most of the kids. And, and uh, he had a relationship that had just broken up. And uh, he had some, uh, uh, it was a, a law that was passed uh, in Illinois that, that just it didn't, well, actually, he was trying to get it passed. It didn't pass. So he was just dealing with, with a whole lot of frustration. And, and he fought with depression most of his life. But a newspaper uh, a reporter or columnist records that, that eventually this is what uh, Abraham Lincoln said. He said this, most folks are only as happy as they make up their minds to be. Mm -hmm. So you say, if I had a life like your life, if I had this or if I had that, I'd be happy. But Abraham Lincoln tells us, most folks are only as happy as they make up their minds to be. Paul was in the worst of circumstances, but he had a made-up mind. To rejoice is a choice. And each of us, yeah, I know I'm going to get a lot of praise on that, a lot, a lot of hallelujahs on that one. But each of us got to make a decision about the type of life we are going to live. Lord, help my tongue and help me speak clearly. He said what? Rejoice in the on, in who? The Lord. It, it, it doesn't, you got to read that correctly. He's not telling us to get sadistic. He doesn't want his people to be into pain and, and hurt. But what he's saying is when things go wrong, when things don't go as you hope, when, when things don't go as planned, you still have someone you can rejoice in, and he says it is the Lord. Why can we rejoice in the Lord? Because people may let you down, but God will never let you down. Things may be bad, but God is always good. 
You may feel weak, but he is strong. You may not know the answer, but God knows all the answers. And sometimes we feel alone, but the truth is we are never alone. Then he continues, for me to write the same thing to you is not tedious. It seems that Paul had already told this congregation, whether in person or a previous letter that we don't have, to rejoice. And he was saying, listen, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. I'm not trying to bore you by just, you know, prattling on and being repetitious. It's just that, you know, how many of y'all have raised some kids? Okay. All right. Good. How many of you know, just because you said something once doesn't necessarily mean they got it. So Paul understood that about the human condition. I know even for me, God has said things to me, you know, 50 times, 99 times, 106 times. But, but then it's on that 107th time, I finally get it. And not even deep things. I mean, simple things like, Derek, I love you. You know, how long does it take for, for that to, to really, that God, the God of the universe, doesn't love that perfect person. He loves me. He loves you. How, hey, man, we got to sing it. We, we got to say it. We got to read it. How, think about how many times did it, it, it take for God to tell you that you're forgiven before it set in? Or how about how many times he had to say, you belong to me. You, you've been adopted. You have been made whole. You have been recreated into the image of Jesus, the Christ. Despite what you're going through, you are victorious. You are wonderfully and marvelously made. You are powerful. And above all, you are worth it. So he continues, but this repetition for you is safe. And we need leaders and people like this in our lives that bring out the best in us and not just the stress in us. And what Paul is trying to teach us, I mean, a lot of us are trying to break out of our circumstances to be happy. But what Paul is trying to teach us, joy is an inside job. And when the, the, the Lord really gives it, the world can't take it away. People can't take it away. Circumstances can't take it away. When the Lord really gives you joy. Let's go to Philippians 4 and 1. And in a couple of verses, Paul's about to say the same thing again. He said, therefore, my beloved, and why is this, longed for brethren. What Paul is saying is he actually liked most of the people he went to church with. <laughs> and he called them my joy. And crown, meaning he smiled when he thought about them. Stand fast in the Lord, and then he calls them beloved. Yes, love can be dangerous, but not loving is more dangerous. You know, I'm learning as I get a little bit older, love the people that God lends you because he will call them back one day. And even though, you know, relationships can be like a roller coaster, you got to learn to stay strapped in through both the ups and the downs, the good, the bads, the turns, and all the rest. 
Because, you know, it, it, it's, I know this just sounds cliche, but the hard times, it helps you appreciate the good times. And, and all of the ups and downs, the ins and out is what makes life so exciting. And then he goes on, he's, he's, he's about to talk about joy again. I implore Yudia and I implore Sintiq, I don't know that I'm pronouncing her name right, but she's not here to correct me, <laughs> to be of the same mind in the Lord, meaning these two powerful women in the church were of different minds. So there was a conflict between these two leading women. And by the way, we see it once again, women leading in the church. There is a place for women leading in the church. But if there's anything that can sap your joy, it's bickering and fighting. You see, if, if we're going to learn to make it together, you got to learn to say what you mean without being mean. Even when you're right. What did the grand folks used to tell us? You can disagree about without being what? We can differ without being nasty. We can see things in different ways without completely destroying the relationship. So Paul is not in a perfect situation. He's in jail. People are talking about him. Uh, matter of fact, some people are trying to take over the churches that he started and, and say, well, Paul's in jail because he deserved it. If he wasn't, you know, if his personality was a little bit more pleasant, you know, he wouldn't be in so many jams. And, and also, if God was really with Paul, all this would not be happening. So he's dealing with all this, this pressure. But in the midst of that, he's, he's speaking out of his life and he's saying, rejoice. He said, and I urge you also, true companion, Help these women, again, these ladies, who labor with me in the gospel with Clement also, who became the pastor of this church, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. What I want you to see here is as anointed as Paul was, he still had to work with a team. And as anointed as the team was, this team still had to deal with problems, interpersonal conflicts. We come from different places, different backgrounds. We live life differently. We see life differently. So when we get together every now and then, expect there to be conflict. Don't be surprised. Well, it shouldn't happen in church. What do you mean it shouldn't happen in the church? People make up the church. Jesus not only the greatest preacher, God himself, was leading 12 men, and they had problems. They fought with each other, argued over who would be the greatest, who would be the boss. And then out of the, one of those 12 men, one of them actually turned on him and, and was stealing money. I mean, come on, they're stealing money in church. How could that happen? If it happened with Jesus, but let me say something. I ain't stealing nobody's money. We get our audits. Okay, let me just make this clear. People look at us. No. Okay, but... But if Jesus had a thief and a liar, what do you expect out of 7,000 people? All right. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when things are going nice, as planned, as you hoped. Whenever you have more than one person trying to do something, you have a problem. And in some ways, some of you single parents are blessed. 
You can see that. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm going to get sidetracked. Um, but listen, um, it, it is challenging to be a single mom and dad. There's more responsibilities and, and they're not shared in the same way. But the upside of it is you don't have to go to somebody else to make a decision. And for every downside of something, there is an upside. And you got to learn to find it or you're going to live life upset and mad. And what he's about to teach us is that maintaining a healthy sense of human, humor is, is, is often what determines our longevity. Because despite all the problems in the church, all the problems that Paul was going through, he said this, rejoice in the Lord even when you're in prison. Even when you're surrounded with people you don't trust, you don't like, they smell bad, look bad, act bad. Rejoice in the Lord. The Lord will give you cause to rejoice. Always. And then he said, again, I say rejoice. Theologians tell us that this is actually the strongest verse in the entire Bible. How many of you know murder's bad? Yeah. But as bad as murder is, we never read, do not murder. I mean never. Again, I say to you, do not murder. God is trying to tell us in the strongest possible way Don't let negative people turn you into one of them. Instead, let your gentleness be made known to all men. Other translations read reasonableness, which means stop going from uh, zero to 100 in 0.8 seconds. Learn to be measured. Learn to be reasonable. Learn sometimes to shh. You don't have to say that. And you don't have to say it in that way. You don't have to show that on your face. Let your reasonableness, your gentleness, your moderation be so apparent in your life that folks begin to inquire, there's something different about you because, you know, I saw what they said, I saw what they did, and you didn't react the way a typical person reacts, and your reaction is actually proof that Christ is working in you, and and, and it's, it's, it's evangelistic, and it causes people to inquire. And then it explains the reason, for the Lord is at hand. Saying, keep your eyes on the big picture. Keep your eyes on the prize. This gospel only has a limited amount of time before this gospel bus gets to where it's going and Christ returns. We only have a lifetime to reach our generation. And I don't want to waste my lifetime bickering and arguing over things that really don't matter, whether the carpet is purple, whether the carpet is pink. 
whether I sat in that seat, this seat. We got to make sure we're not majoring on minors. And, and, and listen, when it comes to whether or not Jesus is the Son of God and, and, and did he live a sinless life? Was he born of a virgin? Uh, was he crucified under Pontius Pilate? Did he uh, rise on the third day? Did he ascend to heaven? Now that I will argue about. But, but whether or not, you know, the shirt should be 20 minutes long, 16 minutes long, should we sing this song, that song? I'm not going to waste my time arguing over such issues. Should it be more CCM, a little more gospel? You know, listen, the main thing is people are going to hell. And hell is not just a bad day. It lasts forever where you're locked out of the presence of God. The seriousness of our task should preclude pettiness. And then he says, be anxious for no thing. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat? Thinking about what you're about to face later that day? I know I have. Have you ever been threatened by people who were stronger? Had more friends? Had more resources? And were more hateful? than you could ever be. Pastor and I have been there. I don't preach this to sound clever. I teach this because it's true and it works. Be anxious for no thing. The challenge is when I watch the news, oh my gosh, it, I, I got to pray. Sometimes I feel like I got to take a bath. But God is about to give us a command, but then he's about to give us a strategy right after. And the only way you can fulfill this command is if you implement the strategy. Be anxious for nothing. This verse can be translated, stop being anxious about everything. You say, well, Bishop, how do I stop worrying? Because I'm just, I'm just a worrier. My grandmama was a worrier. My granddaddy was a worrier. I just worry. It's my nature. I'm analytical and I, I think about things and I, I just worry. How do I, how do I not be anxious? I'm glad you asked because here's the answer. But in everything. Not just in the big things and the spiritual things, but in everything by prayer. If genuine prayer was easy, everyone would do it. See, what gets hard about prayer is I don't always know my own mind and I don't always understand God's mind. And then when an answer takes too long to come, it's only natural to want to quit. This is why Jesus, he said, I can't leave that to Paul. I got to say this myself. He said the obvious, Luke 18, 1. Men, women's too, must always pray and not give up. Jesus knew 
that at times we want to give up. Or he wouldn't have said that. He said, always pray. See, see, I, I, you know, I've, I've lived long enough that I've seen so much stuff. You just kind of like, yeah, you know, it'll handle itself. But, 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 but you, you get a little calloused. You get a little hard hearted. And get to the play, place, you no longer pray, say, well, that would just work itself out. Now, there, there's a place for, for leaving things to God. But he says, in everything by prayer. And there are things that you've given up, you, you don't need, you've given up praying about. You now just accept it as fact. You don't pray for that person, you don't pray for that situation. That's just the way they is, that's just the way it is. But Jesus said, men must always pray and not give up. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Twenty twenty four is here and it's time to step forward into the new year with a new boldness that comes with renewed spiritual vision, purpose, and most of all, breakthrough. Hey DMV, you're invited to join Bishop Derek Greer and the Grace Church family, along with gospel recording artist Todd Galberth, for a special breakthrough concert to power you into twenty twenty four. It all happens on January 27th at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. The doors will open at four PM with the concert starting at five PM. There will be plenty of seating available for you and your friends as we come together to worship and seek the Lord during this special breakthrough concert. This is going to be an experience that you don't want to miss. So remember to bring a friend as we come together on January 27th while seeking God's power and purpose for our lives. To learn more or to purchase your tickets, go to gracechurchva.org breakthrough. That's gracechurchva.org breakthrough. And we'll see you there on January 27th. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com